Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Matriarchy Show. I am sitting here with my uncle Eric, Uncle Eric, Rawway veteran, OG legend. Uh, welcome. We are here. Um, uncle Eric, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Um, Trump, what was the flight you were telling me about that he took the other day? And you were like, it was like a long flight. Oh, um, oh going to Southeast Asia to Vietnam. Yeah. Southeast Asia. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it was an 18 hour flight in all total. I left from the. I left. From Washington State, I went up to Alaska, which is at the top of the world. Uh-huh. Come down on the other side of the world, all over water, and came all the way down. We had to stop yeah. over in Japan, Korea, yeah. and then on into South Vietnam. And all total was an 18-hour flight one way. Jeez. And what was the flight like? Like, what kind of plane were you on? It was a Pan Am, but it was military escorted. Okay. Once we got over hostile countries, the jet planes come up and fly alongside the planes to oh, make shit. sure, escort, make sure that you go get in and get out. Yeah, you can't try nothing. Wow. Because it's virtually impossible to take, it's, there's no straight line to Southeast Asia. Yeah. Like I said, you have to go to the top of the world and come mm-hmm. down all the way on the other side of the globe. Was that your first flight, like that long flight? Yes. Wow, okay. And before that, did you were you flying at all? Were you traveling? Well, I was an airborne paratrooper, so we jumped somewhere everywhere. Airborne paratrooper, okay. So, can you just tell real quick, what was your branch of the military that you were in? I was in, well, I've, I started out the 4th Armored Division. Okay. Which took me from the United States to, to, to Europe. Because mm. I, I spent a year and a half in Germany. And all this was in preparation of knowing that I was going to Vietnam anyway because mm-hmm. I was an expert in my own field in infantry. Can you tell a little bit about your expert expertise? Like, Well, I was actually a ground pounder. I participated in the war. Mm-hmm. I fought and participated in the war. Yeah. I, I, I only got hit one time, yeah, through the ankle, but it was more or less like a flesh wound. It went in and it went out. It was a total surprise. Even though you're in this combat, you get yes. hit and you're like, wait, what? Yes, wow. went, right th- went right through the ankle. Once uh, I felt my foot getting warm and I had a chance to reach down there and I came up with all blood, then I realized I was hit. So I can't actually tell you when and where. Well, I know where it happened, but I didn't feel it when I got hit. This was in Vietnam? Yes, I was in the jungles in Vietnam. Mm. I was with the 101st Airborne Headquarters, Headquarters Command. What was the jungle environment like? It's the jungle, just like you learned in history. Whatever animals are in the jungle, Mm. they are there in South Vietnam. It's everything. Wow. And most of all are snakes because they don't talk, they don't bark, they don't... Yeah, they're sneaky. They're not going to growl, you're not going to see those eyes, nothing. No. Wow. That's pretty amazing because you not only you had to like be aware of the people who were around you, but also the yeah. non like the yeah. animals and, and yeah, insects. Animals. Did you, they train you for that stuff? Like for the were you? Did you yeah, feel well, they make you aware of it because mm-hmm. there's no you can't even drink the water. All our water was treated and they call it potable. They they fly it into you because oh, okay. you can't drink the the natural water like the people that are born and raised there. Yeah, because it's it's poison to us. Definitely. And another thing is tough. Uh, well, the mosquitoes, which is anopheles, mm. they called it, mm. and you get malaria from that. So mm. therefore, three times a day for however long I I spent eighteen months there. 
I took malaria pills three times a day. Wow. Wow. And you never got malaria? No. Because I know it's not hard to get malaria. No, so we speak, like I said, it comes from the female mosquito. Yeah. Wow. And they don't bark either. They bite, but they don't bark. And they're plenty. Yeah. <laughs> they're plentiful. Plentiful is not a word for it because when you do get a chance to go in the rear, you have to sleep underneath a mosquito net. Right, right. And they still get in. So. That's what I was wondering, especially at night. So where were you sleeping? Mostly on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe you had a mosquito net. Yes. Did you get to sleep? Like, what was the sleeping schedule like? Was it heavily, like, switched around? Were you able to get rest? No. When you got a chance to rest, you took it. Yeah. yeah. But as far as that's concerned, no. There's no schedule. Wow. None whatsoever. And how did you get into the jungle? Well, 90% of the time, either if we didn't hike and, in, in, you know, through the mountains and the hills, we, they dropped us off in helicopters. Mm, okay. Take you over and you come down on a 100-foot, 50-foot rope. Wow. You had to practice to f learn how to fall down, Definitely. which sounds very strange, but you have to practice wow. actually to fall down. So, so what was that training like? Did they do that for you in training? Like, yes. have you come down that rope and... It's very intense. You have to pay attention to what you're doing, where you're at, and what your environment is like. Yeah. Did they beef up the training for you? Was it harder than the actual experience? Or? Well, doing training, you, you don't know really what you're getting into till you get into it. Before, even before I went out into the jungle, you had, you had to learn your environment. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, in the late 60s when I went, if you didn't know what you were doing, you didn't last the first 20 days. That's right. how dangerous it was. Wow. 20 days is not, it, your tour normally was 13 months. Yeah. And when you say you didn't last, they weren't going to pull you out. You just didn't no, last. No, you got knocked days. off. Yeah. Wow. If you didn't learn what you were taught and the training they sent you through, if you didn't learn, there was no time to say, oops, right. you were gone. Right. But the average person, if they didn't know what they were doing... Or didn't take it seriously, you didn't last 20 days. Right. And some of the people who were there with you were drafted, right? Yes. I wasn't you drafted. You were drafted, though. No. Wasn't. I volunteered. I took six years from the beginning. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's so amazing. Thank you so much. Are, do we have a history of uh, veterans in our family? Like, I know that Uncle Yvonne was also a veteran, but before you guys, was anyone in our family in the military? Uh, I had an uncle, Archie, he was in the Navy. He was drafted in the Navy, so he only did two years. Okay. But I don't know much about his background because he never really talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what made you do it? I didn't have a choice then because they were beefing up everything in Southeast Asia. So, mm -hmm. if you didn't get drafted, they was going to get you. Either you go to, you go, go into service or go to jail. How long were you in the service total? Six years. So, you've been to Germany, you've been to uh, Vietnam. Where else have you been? Alaska. Right, Alaska. China. Mm-hmm. I went to Hong Kong a couple of times. I went to Hong Kong twice because after six months of being in the jungle, you know, being wild, they did have the initiative to ask you. They would give you like a vacation. Six months, and then how long would the vacation be? Uh, two weeks. Oh, wow. To, to whatever country that was in Southeast Asia and area. Okay. 
But I chose Hong Kong because I was always fascinated by the signs that they had on billboards here in the, in the United mm. States. Join the Army and see the world. Mm. And at that time, Hong Kong, you could go. And what was Hong Kong like? Was beautiful. Beautiful? Nothing in, the, <gasps> nothing in the world. Wow. White sand. Mm. Crystal clear waters. Wow. The temperature never goes under 70. It was so beautiful. I had to yeah. go twice. I went right. the first time. I was so fascinated. I had to go back again. Did you eat the food over in Hong Kong? Did you try the food? Uh, yeah, because it was really underneath uh, British control. So everything oh, okay. was everything was everything. But you had to stay within the United States territory. That that way you were safe for what you ate and what you drank. They prepared the food for you. You couldn't eat mm-hmm. like the, the natural natives there. No. And what was it like socially in Hong Kong? Like, did you mingle with the people there? Did you get to meet people, hang out? Sure, sure. But that, like I said, I had to stay within the government territory. Otherwise, you know, you took a chance on your life because you, right. you could get knocked off at any time. Yeah, yeah. There was also a lot going on at home in America at that time, like yes. different riots All, and things. Yes. I wonder about just your reception, like in Hong Kong, seeing a black man. How did they view you? Like- well, yeah, curiosity. Yeah, because they used to think black Black folks had tails. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my god! That was that was a tr- that was something that Submit. you know, yeah. White wow. folks had something to do with that. Of course, of course, putting that in their you know head. What I mean, besides, they were riding here, um, twenty four thousand miles away from home, fighting the war, and they're asking me why am I doing this, and I can't even do that at home. Right. They wondered why I even bothered coming there to fight them and their war was with the white men that's that's conflict right there it was it was hard yeah you just couldn't understand it you yeah. know yeah and absolutely. besides i was 19 20 years old mm-hmm. you know i was young and dumb so right. it didn't my brothers and i we grew up without a father so we didn't have much of much of a father figure mm-hmm. you know at home we learned as we went. Right. Because we have 16 cousins. They're all girls. And we had no uncles because they passed away at early age, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we were kids. So, you know, the memory is there, but the actually participating was, was never there because we were too young. Yeah. To understand. Oof. Like I said, we learned more in the street than we did at home because there wasn't nobody there to tell us. Right. We had no father figure. Right. So I wonder, what are some of the things that you learned about yourself while you were away for six years? Well, from being in the war, I couldn't, I could no longer bite my tongue. Mm. Because just wasn't, when I came back with the attitude and what I had learned, mm-hmm. you started something, let's go to war. There's no biting the tongue no more. Did you pick up any traits that you didn't like? Yeah, but I can't talk about all of it because I was, I, I was with, different units that I was sworn to secrecy and the hardest times I have is the loneliest times yeah yeah. when you really can't say what you want to say it ain't so easy all the time yeah it can't be man that's a hard that's a long bridge to have to cross Mm -hmm. it's a lifelong journey because most people never experience anything like that no and you'll never forget if you've been there where the X is at, you ain't, you'll never forget it. Yeah. You could do all you want, sleep as long as you want. You It's, it's etched in the back of your mind. Because there have been plenty of times I've woken up in the middle of the night. I, I really can't tell you what's going through my mind. I just have to get up and get out. Yeah. 
even yeah, if it's okay. just to walk around the block or walk to the corner. I have to do something different to combat this. Mm-hmm. And then I can go I can go to sleep or do whatever I was doing before. Yeah. Because the mind will drift. And I don't even know, like, what the solution is other than just to uh, pay attention to, your, like, listen to yourself, accept yourself and all the different emotional waves that you go through. Yeah, because it wasn't my fault. Right. I didn't ask yeah. for this. I am personally disgusted by the way that you guys were treated when you got back here. That don't make no sense. Yeah, because it was an unpopular war. Everybody else that came back that made it, they call themselves heroes, they all came back with roses and flag parades. We came back from Vietnam. We had the United States. You had to take off that uniform before you could even get on a plane. People would spit at you, talk about you, call you baby killers and all that. Wow. But it was something out of my control because it's something that they created. And every time they got scared, they escalated it. Right. They didn't try to calm it down. They escalated. Mm-hmm. They say, figure, well, we need 250,000 more service members. So they draft more. You already got a black mark against you by being black. They're right. sending you first. Do you remember what year you left, like, to start out for Vietnam and everything? 68. 68. Wow. So right in the middle of that. We talk about, you know, institutionalized racism and systemic racism now, but when you guys were coming up, it was bad. Like, yeah, it came from all angles. So what do you think about the the racism and, like, the stuff that you see now? Like, does it, is, are you just like, uh, same old stuff? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? No, it's, it, it, it's worse. It gets mm. worse. But we just have a little more freedom as far as education wise. They couldn't, they couldn't stop it. So yeah. they actually had to beef it up. Mm-hmm. And we still had to fight for it. Right. And in many ways, we still are now. Yes. It'll never it's, change. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, they just got, um, you know, with, with Trump being uh, switched out now, Bessie Devos, she's out of there. So hopefully, you know, with that turnover, education starts to get a little better but yeah because all of them are going to change because the white folks are becoming the minority so they don't have much of a choice yeah they're getting you have the latinos that are that are coming up black was always rising all Mm -hmm. that they didn't kill our voices are definitely more magnified now than they've ever been yeah and back then there were movements but the government was a was quicker with stomping it out like they would just burn down black wall street yeah. you know take all the black panthers out it's harder for them now they to would attend. kill you they would kill you they would just downright kill you it's, it's, it's harder for them to they have to be trickier now or wittier about how they take people and down the clan is still alive oh yeah and active definitely do you think that if things had escalated here earlier it would have changed your decision about enlisting like had you had the full scope of what was going on with racism and you know like no because they would they didn't give us a they didn't give us a choice like i said either you volunteered yeah or you got drafted right but it's hard to sleep next to somebody that i never did anything to but he don't like me just because i'm black so that means i gotta sleep with one eye open all Mm. the time wow other servicemen yes wow I got to yeah. So there was racism even among you guys. Like, there wasn't even, like, that basic camaraderie for... No. That's It was there, but it was... No. It was no comparison. Yeah, it was It was maybe performed a little bit, but you can't trust those people. You don't feel no, comfortable going to sleep. If you really did get tight with somebody, especially if you were in the war zone, it was hard to make friends. 
you could make friends, but it was hard to make friends because you might be here today and gone tomorrow. Right. So if I catch feelings, mm -hmm. that's like taking a piece out of your life. Right. You know? Did you end up uh, coming home with any of the people that you knew at the beginning, like going out to the war? Did no. You yeah. Matter of fact, uh, while, really while I was in there in Vietnam, I, I met a few people that I knew from home, but they were there before me, so they, you could automatically tell the, the difference in the tone in their voice or the way they, they counteracted that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's already uh, getting to them. Yes. Well, like you were saying, some people don't even make it 20 days. No. So you know them from home. You're seeing them after they've been there for a while. Some things are going to be different. When you came home, like your family and friends, did they understand that? Do you feel like they understand the gravity of what you went through? I mean, they can't understand all of it. No, not really, because I couldn't explain it to them, and they didn't know how to ask right. ask the question. Absolutely. Because a lot of them went off to college and carrying on mm -hmm. or, or whatever, just so that they could beat the draft. So they have a totally different perspective. So it's not yes. you're coming back, and it's like, okay, how do we communicate with each other? You're finding there's difficulty there. That's right. Were you able to figure out... Um, ways to kind of reintegrate into the community like it was hard because i had to stay to myself because i couldn't explain i couldn't explain things that were going through my head mm -hmm. that you never experienced absolutely yeah it was rough because even for a while as far as sleeping in the bed i couldn't do it for a while i, I would have to wake up in the middle of the night and sleep on the floor wow i was so used to sleeping in the jungle on the ground uh -huh. or hanging from a tree or something that I could not sleep in a bed. So it just wasn't even comfortable. No, it was very uncomfortable. I was more comfortable sleeping on these bricks and rocks wow. than sleeping in a bed that's cushioned. Wow. I couldn't do it. And another thing, see, I was in the war zone, so the party didn't start till the lights went out. Oh. Oh. That makes for long, sleepless nights. Yep. Wow. So it's, it's, it's hard. I can see how that doesn't translate. When you come back home, now yeah. it gets dark, and now it's time for peace. It's like that's not what you're used to. Right. There ain't no peace. When you come home, do they assign you with a therapist and different people like who can people for you to talk to and, and figure they, that out with? Or? They, they try to, but the communication gap is so far and thin. That's when drugs started coming in. They'd rather have, have you on pills and all drugged up. Mm -hmm. Therefore, your mind and your social level is altogether different. Right. They know what they're giving you, but they're not telling you what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be helping. Mm -hmm. But how can you call me brother if you got your hand in my pocket? Right. That's not a real solution. That's not helping. No. And And treating the symptoms of something doesn't help. Treat the source. But the real issue is it starts at the beginning. The way that they train you and send you out there and expect so much of you. And then they give you, have you out there for six months and then yeah. give you a two-week break. The system was broken before it even started. Yeah, yeah. A lot of American systems are messed up like that. As with every other uh, problem that we have in this government and in this country, I don't want to wait for the government to figure it out. When a veteran comes home, like these people went and they fought for us. They did all this work. It's the least we could do to figure out how to 
make a safe space for you to share your feelings, to yeah. share your experiences. You know what I mean? And actually, Veterans Day is right around the corner. Yeah, that's the 11th of this month. And I wanted to um, share something with my audience because the people who created the love languages have a military addition that can help you like build intimate intimacy and reintegrate after deployment and things like that. When it comes to loving people, people who have complex trauma, people who have experienced different things, people think everybody loves the same, but there are different ways that you have to communicate with different people and you have to be open to loving people and and he, and listening to people in the way that is best for them. One is words of affirmation. That's just telling people, thank you. You did a great job. I appreciate what you've done. I appreciate who you are. Another is acts of service. Do something for someone. Veterans Day is coming up. You have veterans in your family, veterans in your neighborhood. Ask them what ways you can help them with their daily errands, with um, any resources that they need to get connected to. Physical affection. Um, some of these people have not been able to experience a hug, a handshake, you know, different ways of physical affection for a long time. Especially because of how difficult it was for them socially coming back. You know, yes, it's hard. It's hard. And then people don't understand where you're coming from and they'll get offended. Yeah. And then it just becomes a cycle. So, some, so you know, hug your veterans, shake your veterans' hands, like extend physical affection to them if it's what's going to work for them. Here in Pennsylvania, they give you a lot more respect than they would in other yeah, states. Yeah, I like that. They speak to you. I have been in a grocery store where somebody has seen some of the medals like I have on my cap here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... You know, they speak and thank me for my services. Yeah. And at times, I've been in diners eating. And another veteran would come up to me and just say, his money won't spend here. Oh, wow. And I say, are you sure? Is there a catch to this or what? Yeah, you know, <laughs> right, Some right. people go out their way to get in your way, but then there's other mm. people that just want to see the reaction on your face. Yeah. Because it's not appreciated everywhere. They'll cover your bill. They'll cover yes. your... Yes. That's beautiful. Or sometimes if they see all those medals and decorations that I have, it's like, damn, man, you really did that? I am honored to know a person who has all those medals on their hat. I'm honored to be related to you. Like, that's expertise. That's survival. Smart. There's a lot of fakes out here. And it ain't, it ain't mostly black either. Uh-huh. There's a lot of fakes out here. Yeah. Just so they can reap from the benefits until they get caught up with. Then it hits the newspaper for a day or so. Boom, they whitewash it. You don't hear it no more. Fakes? Yeah. So where do they get the stuff? You can go to any Army and Navy. <gasps> They're going to go buy a fake pin and yes. put it? Yes. El Cheapo. When I, have, wow. when I have the real thing. Wow. But if you put them... Together, side by side, you could tell the fake from, the, from the real one. Yeah, yeah. Because they have, they have weight to them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, but definitely. You got a lot of fakes. Somebody in your family die, you go ahead and use their social security number and their papers <gasps> and reap from the benefits. Till, till eventually it catches up with you. Wow. Yeah, people were just doing that. People were voting for their dead family members. Exactly. That's messed up. Let that's, those people rest how, in peace, rest that, in honor. That's how they want to be. That's, because they want that, what's the, what, what we call it, clout. They yeah, want they, that clout. They, they want that recognition, <laughs> yep. but they're too afraid to earn it. You got to get And you can tell. Uh, at least I know I can tell. Sure, be over there running their mouth and not knowing what they're talking about. Oh, wow, just acting. Yes, that burns me up. Yeah. 
That must be really hurtful. And I get why they would do it because it's such an honorable position and it's such an honorable thing. But, but you can't fake that. No. You shouldn't fake that. You can't fake it. Yeah, you, you honestly can't. We're not fooled. Hey. Yeah. At least not me. You ain't fooling me with that because I know. Right, right. And 90% of the time before, when they finally catch up with you, you done done all the damage to somebody else that right. has no idea that you're even doing it. Right. Right. Guys, that's not good. Don't fraud like that. I mean, these people have worked hard in their different areas of expertise. Don't, if you want it, go earn it. I mean, some no, of that stuff. No, they're, can... they're scared. They don't want to leave home. And a lot of it, too, is you can't just go earn it because it's not like you were out doing that for fun. Your country needed you and you exactly. showed up at a time where they needed you. Uh, so Exactly. Be honored that your country doesn't need you in that way right at this moment. When you know? they tell you, man tells you, step up to the line. You find out who ain't going, how many people are going to step up to that line. That's when you see it. Yeah. Because it's just them. Yeah, because they choice. got you all lined up. You for mm. real, you'll step up to that line. Mm. Wow. And you still don't know what's on the other side. Right, right. That's Even true. when you get drafted, they tell you, step up to all opposed here, all is with it here. But the bottom line is step up to the line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, we're going to see who's going to step up or take that step back. Yep. A lot of people going to take that step back, go to Army, Navy, buy themselves a pin. That's right. And pretend. And wait, and, and claim somebody, somebody that has already passed. You gonna you gonna claim all their goods? Mm, That's a shame, man. I also want to say, um, just honor uh, my other uncle Levon. That's your is that your baby brother or is my dad the youngest middle, middle brother? Oh, okay, um, who was also a veteran and he passed away a few years ago. We love him and we miss him so he was much. In the Air Force. He was in the Air Force. Okay, wow. Yes, rest in peace to my uncle Levon. And um, I just want to take a moment to honor all those veterans out there. We appreciate you. We thank you so much for your service. And just to remind all of us civilians, like when you see your veterans, when you interact with your veterans, spread love. Think about the different ways that you can spread love. And if you try to give them a hug and they don't want to hug, don't get offended by that. Extend your appreciation to them in another way. They've been through enough and they did it for you. 